Welcome to another edition of Showtime with Poop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammates and NBA legends, as well as other people interested in the round ball. Today, I'd like to do something different. It's just my boy Ari and I today. And uh, it's been such a dismal uh, time in La La Land. It really has, Ari, because the Lakers are not providing the comfort that we usually have at this time of the year with winning. But yet they're in the they're in the uh, the play-in hunt, and uh, we'll get to that. But on a lighter note, something real fun I thought that we'd start the show with is obviously March Madness has started, and I have yet to watch the March Madness game, so hopefully we'll cover that on the next show. But the one bit of tidbit you didn't get to I watch really your New Mexico really... State Aggies, isn't that Pardon your me? team? New Me your, your New Mexico State Aggies had a big win. That ain't my team. I'm New Mexico. They down to Las Cruces. But anyway, like I told you, it's bad basketball for Michael Cooper right now. My university's not in it. Things are going wrong. But anyway, the one thing I enjoyed about March Madness, and it happened last night, was the Indiana cheerleader got lifted up and she went up above the rim and got the ball that was caught up at the top. Okay, that so was exciting to me. It was okay. So the ball, a ball got stuck at the top of the basket, but shot goes up. Ball, we've seen that happen a ton of times in basketball yeah. and they could not figure out how to get it down. And usually they get a, a broom or they'll throw another ball up there. But this Indiana cheerleaders, a guy, and this young lady, the young lady's only five feet tall. I really wish I got her name, but they never gave her name out. This guy lifted her up and she went up and with both hands. Now, all right. The last time I was able to jump that high, uh, I was like, I was 23 years old. I was able to touch just the top of the square of the backboard, of the rim, top of the square. She was at the top of the backboard. I say kudos to that young lady. And she did it without doing a flip or anything. Get up there. This guy lifted this young lady up. I, that, you know what, Ari? I've never laughed so hard in my life about basketball, but such an amazing feat. Your thoughts? <laughs> so first of all, it's 2022. I've got this little device in my pocket that like can do anything on earth, basically. How do we not have some sort of easier device to get basketballs from the top of a backboard? Like it, it's amazing to me. And they're sitting there and like, nobody knew what to do for like a minute. Like, what are we supposed to do now? I guess we can't play anymore. Like <laughs> that was not, listen, the old fashioned way are you get a ball and you throw it up there. You keep throwing it. Probably take you about 10 tries to get of course, it. That's what we used to do growing up. Get it. Yeah. But or, you can't miss. Or a tall can't ball miss. boy will get the broom and he'll he'll stick up there. What a great thought, man! To lift the cheerleader up there, and she. And you know what? Imagine her slam dunking the basketball at that height. That was amazing. I, I just thought that was one of the funniest things. And by the way, innovative, innovative way to get the ball from on, the, on the top of the backboard. An Indiana cheerleader. Kudos to Indiana. Whoever thought that up. And by the way, Indiana got destroyed. In that basketball game by St. Mary's. <laughs> well, you know what? They're winners to me, man. <laughs> they got the ball. Maybe they told hey, leave it up there. Maybe we might win. If you leave it up there, we won't be able to finish the game and come up with a win. But I, I, that was amazing to me. And that was uh, the only laughable thing in the Cooper household now lately because <laughs> a lot has been going on. And uh, let's change the subject and, and bring the humor down a little bit more because it's serious times in L.A. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Lakers season. And all right, they are in a world of trouble. But you know what's so funny? So, about I love them? that transition, by the way. That's, that's brilliant <laughs> right there. You know what's so funny about them? 
they're they're so good. Well, no, they're not good enough to compete at the top level, but they're so good that they're not good enough to be at the bottom of the. They're not bad enough to be. At the <laughs> they they're not bad enough to be a lottery team. They're too good. They're too good to be a lottery team. You know what? And I I believe purple and gold here, and I have never seen anything uh, that's so disheartening. With yeah, you got some injuries, and injuries are part of the game. But so disheartening, and a, and a LeBron who is one of the goats that's going to go down as a, one of the greatest players that's ever played this game, with a band of and I don't want to call them misfits because you got some good players on that team, but a, a team that has has um, fallen apart, man. The you know if there's a saying, hey, the bottom fell out, and you kind of think, okay, I'm carrying my groceries, and all my groceries fall out of the bottom. That's what the Lakers look like now. There's no spirit. There's no uh, fight to them anymore. <laughs> they're, they're trying to lose so they don't have to get in the play-in, but they can't. <laughs> for some kind of way, they just keep hanging around. And you look at their next five games, okay? They got destroyed by Minnesota, a terrible team. Minnesota's a terrible team. Minnesota was playing bad that day. And the, when, when the Lakers put together a little run, Minnesota went up by 23-24, Lakers put on a run and got back in the game with like 10 minutes to play. They're down by nine, you know? So it's just amazing. But the Lakers next five games are they play at the Raptors at Washington at Le- Cleveland and LeBron will get a chance to look at the Cavaliers and a young, good upcoming team to hopefully at the end of the season, something let's hope he doesn't vacate ship. Then they play the 76ers and they play the Pelicans. All right. How many games do you think they can win in the next five games? Hey, Michael Cooper here. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop on mobile websites to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS. 50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right. How many games do you think they can win in the next five games? I mean, it- two maybe which games you think those two will be i mean that cleveland one's tough you're right cleveland's a good young team i think they're a playoff team aren't they aren't they a playoff team yeah, too? yeah. they're what the five slot i think cleveland is um i'm gonna cut the suspense sorry because you don't have to live with it you're in dallas and you got a good team back there the mavericks might win the championship man them guys are good we'll talk about that later but i'm gonna say and and, and you might call me crazy I was going to say they were going to go 0-5, but I don't believe that. I think the, the Lakers will win two out of the next five games. Now, don't ask me <laughs> which game. Which one? Right, exactly. Exactly. Well, which game. Thing too, their next six games, five of them are on the road, too. Yeah. You know, Raptors, yeah. Wizards, Cavs. Then they're home for 76ers before Pelicans, Mavs, Jazz. So... I'm going to step out there. I'm going to say they beat the Raptors tonight. I think they'll be, you know, Raptors played well. They beat the Lakers last week, beat the Clippers on Wednesday night, and they're feeling good about themselves. But I think the Lakers will find 
uh, I think they'll find their rhythm. Basketball is kind of that wave-like thing. I think the Lakers are definitely on that downslope, but I think they will find their rhythm tonight. So I think the next five games, they'll beat the Raptors, and I have a feeling they'll beat Washington. I think they can beat that team. Cavaliers is going to be a very, very good game, and I think the the the, the, the tag on the Lakers, on how to beat the Lakers, is start out early and play hard and hit shots. If you do those three things, you could beat the Lakers. You jump on them early. And even if they jump on you, just keep playing hard the whole game. And if you're hitting shots, because the Lakers are notorious for having that down slope. All right, I'm not boring you, am I? Or, you know, you kind of got that bored look on your face. No, cool. I think you're, exact, you're, think you're exactly right, man. Like, you know, I have, to, I have to say, like, life is about just showing up. If you just show up in life, you're going to be ha- you're gonna be ahead of the game. Yeah. And, like, I, the NBA – there's some teams where it's like if you you're gonna play for 48 minutes, then you're gonna you're, you're gonna win because this is a team that's not gonna play for 48 minutes, and that's I think I think get the nail on the head. They don't they're not a 48 minute basketball team at all. And then you know, but again, that goes with uh, the personnel. I think obviously with the Westbrook uh, situation, he really really have checked out. I think he's checked out, and I think he's just physically going through the game, counting the days when the season's over. With. I think uh, some things happen in the Minnesota game and just being a person that knows basketball from the in and outs, especially at the professional right. level. When you look, when I look at the games, I, I look at the game from the general aspect of it. Oh, it's a good game. They're going up and down or a bad game. But I also looking for little things that show cracks in the armor. That's what Pat Riley used to call it. And there was a couple of times in that game where a Timberwolves player would hit a shot and LeBron would be like, who's guarding him? Who, you know, he's looking around and he's starting to put blame on them now. Uh, and again, he should, but then again, he's also one of the offenders too. He's pretty bad on defense, but it, you can see the little cracks going. And one time it was Carmelo who didn't get out there and LeBron went like that and then looked over at the bench. And those are signs of that. It's not going good. And I think those guys, Carmelo Anthony, and I think Westbrook, because I think they know their days are numbered. And this is just me looking at it from the outside. I have no information, but I know basketball when I see it and how things go when right. a player is on the outs. Uh, they I, they probably feel their days are numbered there. So, hey, I'm going to just get a paycheck and go through the motions. But, you know, you got to have some pride. And that's the one thing Magic always talked about, even mm-hmm. when he texts LeBron and those texts he did what, two, three weeks ago. You guys have some pride, man, about having that Laker uniform on. And that's the disheartening factor to me. You can be, you know, people, you win some, you lose some, but at least play hard. Play hard. And if you don't have it, another team is better, then so be it. But I don't think the fans can handle them just quitting and not playing hard. Yeah, well said. Um, so how much blame do you put? So you mentioned the LeBron stuff in terms of leadership. Is that good leadership? Is that bad leadership? How much blame are you putting on LeBron for this? Well, I think right now, I think it's good leadership. Although, as I did say, he's one of the offenders. But, you know, there's two sides of the game, an offensive and a defensive side, and you can't be terrible at both of them. And LeBron may be not terrible, but not good at the defensive end. But that guy is showing up on the offensive end. He's carrying this team. Because some people can't hit shots, and he's the only one consistently hitting shots. He's the only one consistently, and, and Westbrook does this too, will drive and kick out and make play. He's making plays for other players to become successful. And uh, for me, 
that's that's the respect I have for him. But unless they cure their L's on that defensive end and everybody buys in, and it seems like they are. LeBron took two charges. That's being defense. I mean, he stepped under there, and some guys don't like to give up their body for the game, and he necessarily don't have to because he's that superstar player. You expect your role players to do that, but he's stepping up and doing that. And that's those little things you have to do. So I think he's holding them accountable. He's very frustrated with them. You can see that. And at times you can see he's mad at them, but it's not going to get better when you show it like that. So uh, for me, and I think that's the stage he's at now, he's tried probably behind the scenes, right. real quietly talk to them. Individually. Well, now it's time to like, Hey man, you guys got to do your job. And when it doesn't happen, it just looks bad. So, yeah. So I just, here, Ari. I just saw this. So since winning the title, uh, in 2020, the Lakers are now 71 and 70. With 11 losses on the road. Wow. 11 straight. 11 wow. straight on the road. And it doesn't, it's not going to get any better tonight because, again, that creeps into your psyche. You know it before the game. You're probably like, hey, okay, you guys, this is it. We got to do it. Forget but about it. It doesn't matter where we are. Just Exactly. Yeah. And then when they get out there and it starts coming apart, then that old feeling sinks Here we in go again. Yep. So it's going to be interesting, but I do believe they'll pull it together. Uh, this is a good Raptor team. They're playing extremely well. Siakam and yeah, they're they're good. Good scouting department too. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, yeah, I'm not doing well out here. All right, it's it's bad. I'm sorry, but I it's bad. You know when we're it's you know the middle of Lakers season towards the end, and you you want to talk about like an Indiana cheerleader grabbing a ball from the top. Like you know it's bad when Coop's like, let's start with something else. Hey, all right, don't I look like a pirate? I, I, I had to do something to cheer myself up today, so I cut my goatee off, and I kind of got this pirate look going on. So <laughs> I'm doing anything to bring the spirit back here, baby. We got to have something going on. When we first on, started doing the show together, you had a you, didn't you dye your beard purple? Yes, I was trying to do anything. So to, bring that back. Yeah, bring that back. <laughs> that only happens when the Lakers are winning championships and they're up at one three. That's not going to happen now. So I figured, let me have a pirate look to get something going on. And the next thing you know, I might have a patch over my eye. But anyway, <laughs> we, we <laughs> anyway, but the silver lining of all this, this uh, despair that's going on with the Lakers. And I'm going to give these guys kudos. Monk, Reeves, Austin Reeves, THT, Horton. I like that kid, Gabriel. I like Johnson. I like Augustine. They got some young pieces, but you know what? Those are complimentary pieces, and you got to have those superstars. Obviously, AD, waiting for him to come back. If you can get AD healthy, 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 LeBron, and maybe add another veteran or, or person right up under that veteran, I mean, another, not necessarily superstar, but another main, uh, mainline player, Look at the pieces you got to go with those guys. You got six kids, man, that come in. Them guys play hard, man. Monk, a uh, good shooter, signed a one year. It's going to be hard to keep him, but I think he likes L.A. Reeves, Taylor Horton Tucker, Gabriel, that kid there, man. You, you've you been hiding him on the bench all year long. That kid should have been playing a long time ago when all this started. So yeah. uh, Johnson from the G League, and now, <laughs> as Charles Barkley say, when does a G League player get all this publicity that they're happening in the NBA? That's reserved for star players. Well, he right. made his mark by playing hard and 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 doing the things and playing with energy. And then Augustine, late trade, you got to do something to kind of like show the fans I'm making some kind of moves because it, it doesn't look good. It's um not paint, it's paste on the wall, Ari. <laughs> what we're seeing. <laughs> 
but I love my Lakers, man. And I get to talk about them because I've been in those shoes. I've been in that locker room. And, and, uh, but one thing that I can never see, man, you got to play with some Laker pride. You have to play with some Laker pride. So, all right. I, um, I can see how that bugs you, man. I mean, it does, man. And this, all my this, friends this that I've talked to a bunch of guys that are not Showtime guys, you know, yeah. like, and you know what? It's not necessarily Showtime. It's just, it's like Kobe and Shaq. They weren't Showtime. Robert Ory, uh, right, right. Uh, uh, you know, players like that. But they had they I, they had their identity, and I think that's what it is. These guys haven't established an identity, and it should have been established from winning in the bubble. And that's something that you carry on. But they didn't establish it then, and that's why you're going through this this lull and. It's not good, but uh, this is going to be a short show, Ari. <clears throat> and uh, so the Lakers season. Uh, next subject I'd like to talk about, and I know you're waiting to hear a little bit more about, but I'm going to keep my comments. I want to hear what your thoughts more than anything is this new series out called Winning Time. And I have I saw a little bit of it, looked at it. Uh, I'm uh, not going to talk too much about it because I think it portrays the Lakers in the wrong light. But it is about Lakers, and it was so bad that they couldn't call it Showtime, so they changed the stupid line to Winning Time, and that yeah. has nothing to do with us. Have you seen? I, I looked a little. I mean, I caught a couple of thing pieces about it, but it's so I I watched the first episode. I gotta say, I like the show. I do like it. <laughs> um, I want to not like it, but I like it. Here's I get why the Lakers wouldn't like it. I'm I'm curious from your vantage point, like what's what's true what's not you know obviously a lot of this is sensationalized and i've read the book too and we've had you know the the book's author on uh perlman so um you know i the, the big thing in the the first episode i think what stands out is and obviously we've talked a lot about this but what they call that the first episode called the swan is that what it's called i didn't yeah, see it. so what why was they the name, name it was. the swan i mean in, i'm just asking you but it's about so, I mean, it's about magic and, and, you know, and it's like setting the tone for what, you know, the situation with Norm Nixon. And I, I just think it speaks to the genius of Jerry Buss right off the bat, you know, uh-huh. and like so much of it is his genius and what he saw. And uh, I think John C. Riley looks like him. He's done a good job in the character part of it, but I'm, I'm curious to see as this plays out over the course of this show, how they continues to portray Jerry Buss, but for people that don't know him, Dr. Buss, or, you know, don't know about him and what he did and how, you know, and that's, how he that's, save- that's all the young kids now. So that's what I'm saying. Portray this guy in the right light, man. Cause Dr. Bus was a uh, man. He was phenomenal. But anyway, go ahead. No, no. I, I mean, I, I want to lean on you for Bu- Dr. Bus stuff because he, he changed the game. I mean, he, the Lakers and the NBA are saved by Dr. Bus in a lot of ways and his, you know, his ability to see entertainment and, you know, to keep, people entertained and the endless entertainment loop and his ability to have relationships. Um, I mean, he's just, he, he seems like a great leader. Um, you know, and I, I, I use that with the utmost respect because I think that's the hardest thing to do in the world is be a really good leader of, of people um, and, and a visionary. And, and obviously these are things we say, but uh, to see it play out through these things that he did, um, you know, that that's the true celebration of a, of a genius in Dr. Buss. Man, starting that revelation of on TV, cable TV. We were one of the first teams that had our own cable network and stuff. So, you know, Dr. Buss, those are the things he foresaw. 
and made happen. And uh, do you remember your first interaction with him? Yeah, my first time my contract when he first met the team was down at Ocotillo Lounge. We went to have training camp down, and he went down and bought the uh, Ocotillo Lounge was a big a resort for like uh, the, the the Rat Pack. That's Dean Martin, uh, Frank Sinatra, uh, Sammy Davis. Sammy Davis. It was a place that they hung out. A really big place, man. Had a really nice lounge, uh, bar area, eating area, and it was a hotel. So I'm mean, a hotel, and they were like. Um, like little condominiums, really, really nice. And a beautiful, beautiful swimming pool area, man. And Dr. Bus went down and bought that. And that's where for five years, we would uh, have our training camps down there. Then we would go to College of the Desert, which was probably about a 20 minute ride down the road, but we stayed there. So um, the facilities was great, had an IHOP real close by, a couple of eatery places if you didn't like eating on, on the property. Uh, and that's when he, he always met the team down there. We had a big dinner the night before training camp where he introduced himself, uh, Jeannie. She was a young girl then, his family and all the and, people. And, that, and this was your, your rookie year was, was the year he bought the team or it was right around there, right? Like it, my, no, my rookie year was in 79. Jack King Cook still on the team. And it was, I don't say disarray, but you could tell that things weren't going well because uh, the team had been doing good and the NBA at that time was fledging. And then he came in in 1980. And that's when uh, things, as soon as he came in, you could tell the atmosphere changed. Uh, when we found out he had bought the team, uh, they had a big announcement over at the forum in Inglewood. I wasn't there. Uh, Kareem was there, I think. And then, you know, the wheels started turning. Jerry West was the coach. He took Jerry West from being a coach, moved him into the GM position, brought in um, uh, Coach McKinney from Portland, uh, uh, Jack Ramsey disciple, and things just started happening. And the whole city changed. And right then, Inglewood, which was thought of as like a gang infested area, you know, that kind of atmosphere. And they so changed. Snoop said Inglewood always up to no good. Uh, hey, <laughs> He, he would know because he was in there. But again, uh, it was like that. And then all of a sudden you bring the Lakers in that area and pretty soon it changed Inglewood, City of Champions. And again, you know, all of that goes to the lore and to the luster and to the brilliancy of Dr. Buss, man. And that's why uh, that has to be done right. And if Jeff Perlman, the author, and again, I don't know who he got to go all behind this, but to do that, yeah, people do things for money and for... But if you don't portray Showtime in the right light, man, you're doing us a disservice, man. And Dr. Buss was the leader of that. And uh, that's why I'm just listening to you, Ari. And we'll have a couple more of these. You know what, Ari, for you, and I'm going to only do it for you. I think the next one is, I forget, I just, because I, you know, as I'm watching it, I pop up. But actually, I take it because my wife, she wants to watch it because she didn't understand what Showtime was. So she kind of... So I see it on my list when I go down. And the next one, I I forget the name of it, but it's going to portray more of uh, Norm Nixon, the on-court feud, I guess, that they had. I don't know. I'm just going to see. So I'm going to watch an episode. I guess that they had. I don't know. How would I know? I have no idea what was happening between Norm Nixon and Michael. I mean, they they had their riff. Because you got to understand, this is the reality of it. Norm was there first and was having an excellent, uh, what, four or five years before Magic got there. When Magic came, you could see the tide changing and all Magic, and, and we used to talk about this. Norm used to tell, uh, Magic used to tell Norm, Norm, all I want to do is get you 25 a game. You can get 25 a game. Well, Norm was getting 
that plus handling the basketball. So I could see where he kind of felt stripped of his powers in a little bit because whoever has the basketball has the power in a sense in the game, the, the point guard. And Magic was about making things happen from a vision that Norm couldn't see because at 6'9", this guy see the whole floor. Uh, at, at Norm's position, 6'2", he kind of see where you can get in and fit in and get your shot. And Magic just wanted to, hey, Norm, let me get you 25 a game because I can get Kareem his, I can get Jamal Wilkes his, and then spread the love like that. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to watch the show, let it play. I think it's a good show, but I, I do want to get your thoughts on, like, what's, what's real, what's not, you know? Like, oh, that didn't happen like that. No, that was dumb. That's stupid, you know? Because that's... Well, this is what I'm going to do, Ari. I'm going to leave it up to you to watch the show. And every time we have an episode, you can bring up a part that is questionable, and I'll set the record straight for that moment, for Perfect. that little piece. Love it. Uh, and that's Love what it. we'll do. So, uh, yeah, winning times. I, yeah. And, and yeah, you were right. The first episode is called The Swan. Then there is Is That All There Is? And then um, The Best Is Yet to Come is is uh, is on the 20th, gets released on Sunday. So, um, yeah. I, I wonder when they're going to put in, when the Koopa Loop arrived. When did Koopa arrive? <laughs> It's a good question. <laughs> I don't think he's there yet. Delante D'Souza. I have yet to see. Well, I've seen the number 21. Mark Landsberger, who was a great player, played at the University of ASU and played with Chicago Bulls. And Mark Landsberger was a 6'9", 6'10", rebounding machine. This guy, I mean, really, I've never seen anybody rebound like this guy. Had great hands for a big guy. Mark was the nicest guy, man. Mark Landsberger is in it before Michael Cooper. <laughs> Mark Landsberger. Now, I love him to death. We used to call him the jig. Because he, yeah, my, this guy was an incredible teammate, man. He has more air time than I got. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, man. It's... Mm. Anyway, Ari, well, you know what? Good things all come to me. <laughs> and uh, that's our show for today, people. We want to thank everybody for listening. Hopefully you enjoy this segment. It's short, but it's sweet and it's informative. And uh, Ari is gleaning over there because he has a Dallas Mavericks who, and I didn't want to mention them because I don't want to give them too much kudos back there. That's a very good basketball thing. They went to Brooklyn. They played Brooklyn in Brooklyn, right? And beat them by two. And I told people this about two weeks ago. I said, if this team goes to Boston and win, they play Boston before they play Brooklyn. I said, if the Mavericks can go and win in Boston, which is a tough place. And again, they're not the Boston Celtics of old, but still right. it's tough to play in there. I said, if they, if they win that game, this team has to be considered a contender for the title. And then the next night they go into Brooklyn and win. Yeah, they, this, they're legit now, man. And uh, I think at Boston, great- at Brooklyn, they won yeah. by th- by three points at Boston and two by uh, at Brooklyn. Yeah, and, uh, now, aren't they in? We're not. Where are they tonight or something? I think in Philly. Philly. I'm not sure. Yeah, Philly. Philadelphia. Now yeah. you go there and get a win, man. That, that really puts a stamp on them. But I think one of the most ingenious things that uh, uh, Jason Kidd did, and I, it probably had to be hard, had to be hard, was to trade Porzingis. Again, a player like AD, who's always hurt, always waiting for him. You know what? No, we got to get this up out of here, man. And look at what it's done for that team. Well said. Um, and I, I don't want to go down the road of the Brandon Ingram trade and re, you know go through that trade again. But, yeah, um, 
Porzingis is a great, is a hell of a player. Look, Anthony Davis is a better player than Porzingis, but but always hurt, man. But you're right, and I love AD too. I think AD, but I'm tired of seeing him sitting over there in right. custom made clothes, man. I need you on the court with your Lakers right. uniform on. You're right, and it's just weird on how he gets hurt. But hey, there you have it. Another episode of Showtime with Coop. Ari's bore out from his Cancun trip. We want to let him get some rest and get back into it. And we will see you guys on the next episode of Showtime with Coop. All right. Thank you, man. It's been a pleasure. And I'll have some more information. Maybe have a little bit more snippets of whatever that show they're calling that's supposed to be Showtime, but it's not. Okay. All right. Take care, Ari. (laughs) See you, brother. Later. (laughs) 